Welcome in to a Saturday edition of the Back and Forth Podcast. I'm your host, Stat Matt, a.k.a. Matt Raftery, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. And we had, well, we had football last night on Thursday night. Um, as the At the time of this taping, of course, um, we'll break down that game, obviously, between the Rams and the Buffalo Bills. And, of course, we will hop into all uh, 15 games as far as giving you our predictions for this coming Sunday and Monday night. And just a friendly reminder, um, make sure you're following back and forth on Twitter at backforthpod. Instagram is at backforthpodcast. Um, and of course, while you're there, make sure you follow the official home for back and forth. That being the talk that talk media company, their Twitter is at TTT media company. The rest of their socials are spelled out at talk that talk media company. If you're new, I'm your host Stat Matt. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Joey G. We got more football today. Only football. Only football. Only NFL football. We have football to break down from Thursday night, and we have football to preview for Sunday and Monday night football. Yeah, so we got, uh, we'll start with last night. We'll go over the what happened last night. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Buffalo Bills. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Especially if you're a Ram fan. Oh or you had a Matthew Stafford on your uh, fantasy team. That would have that would have sucked. Yeah. Well, it's not all that bad. You could have been worse. No, it couldn't. Oh, yeah. It could have been Cam Akers, I guess. You but could have had Cam Akers. Yeah. Stafford's a joke. Um, He'll be off my team by next week. Anyway, what I say would happen. Yep. Happens all the time. These championship teams are... And I'm not saying the Rams are going to suck this year, but that first game... You know, banner night, ring night, everyone's kind of, you know, celebrating a little bit, and you, you, you catch them off edge. And it's kind of the Buffalo Bills are a very good, capable football team that could have been in the Super Bowl last season. Um, this was a championship-contending team last year, and this will be a championship-contending team once again this season. So, uh, yeah, Buffalo, and, and you really had a great game from Gabriel Davis yesterday. Um, he was the huge difference maker for them, and he is slowly making his way. I mean, he's pretty on up the receiver depth chart, but I mean, he, he's getting more red zone looks than, than digs now. Um, when the, when the team gets in the end zone, like he's slowly making his way as the, as the number one target. Um, and I don't, I don't think that's like, that's a bad thing for Buffalo. I'm not saying that's going to create a, a division with him and Stefan Diggs. So I don't want anyone saying that cause that's not what I'm saying, but, um, Gabriel Davis is just, is doing a fantastic job and, and you already have Stefan Diggs who's a great, um, you know, Pro Bowl receiver who's accomplished a lot throughout his career, and with Josh Allen there, this is this is a very good team. And last night they didn't have Tre'Davious White, um, and defensively they still held uh, one of the best offenses in the league to only ten points. And you look at Los Angeles, you know, Stafford struggled. Um, that's one thing that's kind of other than the Super Bowl that's been the highlight of his career is his, his turnover issues, especially with interceptions. He's had multiple seasons where he's leading the league in interceptions. You saw it in Detroit. And I'm not saying it's going to happen again this season, but it even happened last year with Los Angeles. There was a lot of games where he's throwing picks, and opening night he throws three picks there um, um, uh, against Buffalo. And Cam Akers not getting three attempts. He was supposed to be the starting running back. It's three rushes, not even getting a single yard. He gets zero yards. Um, and you look over uh, at the receiver room. I mean, is Cooper Cup the only receiver Stafford knows how to throw the ball to? Pretty he much. has Allen Robinson. I know Allen Robinson has had his fair amount of, uh, you know, issues and struggling the past couple of years, uh, especially with Chicago. But people are like, oh, it's just with the Bears. You know, he's not had a great quarterback throwing him the ball. He goes to L.A. It's a great culture, good system. 
Stafford at QB, he should not have any issues there. And again, you're seeing the same issues come up with Allen Robinson, only one reception for 12 yards. So is it a Robinson problem or is it a Matthew Stafford problem? A little bit of both. I think Allen Robinson has had some issues, um, you know, catching the ball and, 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 you know, being the dominant receiver that he has the potential to be. Um, and Stafford, like, you watch a lot of Ram games, and it's like, hey, you have other targets than Cooper Cup and, and, and Tyler Higbee. I know it's hard to believe, but there's other people running routes out there that you could throw the ball to. Um, so, I mean, yeah, not, not a great look for Los Angeles. Uh, is, is their season over? No, not by any means. It's it's one game, but not how you want to start the year, especially in a blowout like that. You know, losing and getting blown out like that are, are two different things. So they did not look good, and that's usually how championship teams play on, on ring night and banner night. Yeah, and I think, I mean, for those that are keeping score, Joey already has a one-game lead on me in our, like, pick em thing for the podcast. Um, the reason I took the Rams was I thought the Ram defense would actually frustrate Josh Allen a little bit, maybe give him some different looks that he's not used to, especially coming out of the AFC East where your toughest defense you're probably playing all year is New England. Like, I thought you're going to a little bit of a tough, we're facing a little bit of a tougher defense in the Rams. Uh, they just added, I believe, um, well, they lost Von Miller. They added somebody notable. I'm blanking on it's linebacker. Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner. So they add Bobby Wagner, who, I mean, granted, it's probably a little bit past his prime. But um, nonetheless, you still have Aaron Donald there. You have Jalen Ramsey in the secondary. And after probably the first quarter, I didn't think the Rams were going to win the game. Like when Josh Allen came out, completed like his first 10 or 11 passes, and really utilize the short to medium range passing game, um, I figured the Rams were in trouble. And later on in the game, I mean, Buffalo played that perfectly, where they wore down L.A. in the short to intermediate passing game. Um, just a lot of underneath stuff. They, tr- they are doing that essentially to get the Rams to kind of collapse and load up the box a little bit more. And as soon as they did that, Josh Allen hit Gabriel Davis deep and he hit Stephon Diggs deep for a touchdown. Both in the second half just blatantly took the top off the defense. The Diggs touchdown, I mean, he had Ramsey cooked by about 15 yards. That ball was a little bit underthrown, so it's why it kind of looked like Ramsey was closer. But if that ball is a little bit better thrown from Allen, Ramsey gets cooked by 15 to 20 yards. Like, there was no way he was even in the same zip code as Stephon Diggs. Right. Um which is funny because Jalen Ramsey, the drive before, deflected a potential touchdown pass and tried to let Stephon Diggs know about it and then turns around and, I mean, that was probably Jalen Ramsey's lone highlight last night. Other than that, it was a lot of Stephon Diggs beating him on routes. Um, and it was a very typical night for Stephon Diggs. It's, I'm not calling Ramsey washed. He is. But. No, he is. <laughs> Stephon Diggs made sure he looked washed. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane how fast an NFL player can become a superstar to washed. Literally in a season. And I'm, again, I'm, Ramsey looked like it last night. I'm not saying he is for the rest of the year, but we've seen this with a lot of other players. Like the previous year, they're pro bowlers, they're superstars. The next year, they look like a completely different human. And it's just, it's just, something, just something I've noticed. It's just like crazy in football that one year – you know, a running back can put up 1,700 yards, and next year they're barely getting 800. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, and granted, a lot of people tend to overreact in week one. I get that. But 
what I took away from last night was Buffalo's for sure an AFC contender. Like, I would be very stunned if they're not in the AFC championship game. And the Rams might be looking at the third best team in the NFC West because I think San Francisco, while they don't have as great of a quarterback as the Rams do, I think they have a very potent running game. And Kyle Shanahan's gotten very clever as how he's going to implement the running game, whether it's... And they've got a great defense. Yeah, they've got a phenomenal defense. He's integrate or brought in essentially Debo to the running game. You have a very stacked running back room in that on San Francisco with Elijah Mitchell. Um, I believe some other guys too that were coming back from that was the thing with San Francisco last year. They had a great running back room, but a lot of those guys got hurt. So, I mean, you really lose out on a lot. A lot of those guys are coming back. You still have Kittle as the number one target along with Debo. And granted, yes, you have Trey Lance coming in and taking the starting snaps. But Kyle Shanahan's probably going to do a lot of deacon dunk, similar to what he did with Jimmy Garoppolo. It's going to probably be seven or eight yards to Kittle and then let him do the rest, or seven and eight, seven to eight yards to Debo and let him do the rest. I mean, Debo's one of the best receivers in the league as far as yards after catch, where you, he gets the ball and then he's able to make a play afterwards. So, I mean, I think right now I'd probably rank – it's tough. I mean, you prob- I'd probably give the slight edge to Arizona as far as the best team in that division. Um San Francisco is pretty much right behind them. I mean, to me, that's a game gap at most. Um, it feels like those are the two front runners. LA's third, and then by default, Seattle's going to be the fourth best team in that division. Like, that Ram offense looked more anemic last night than I anticipated. And you could tell that they had lost a lot of weapons. You, yeah. you could tell there's no Van Jefferson there. You could tell there's no Odell. You could tell there was no Robert Woods. Like, it feels like the Rams' offensive firepower kind of stops with Cooper cup. And I think the, I think the loss of Robert Woods was the biggest loss Yeah, for them. And I mean, really in the running back room, it kind of took all, took us all by surprise too. Everybody kind of anticipated Cam Akers was going to be the starting running back. And I mean, the first few snaps and really for the majority of the game, it was Daryl Henderson, which if we look back in years past, Daryl Henderson's kind of just been that third down back, you know, used sparsely here and there in the Ram offense. Now I think, I mean, I don't know if Cam has a, you know, underlying injury that we nobody knows about, or he just flat out got beat in training camp by Daryl Henderson. But I mean, I was, that was probably one of my bigger surprises last night was no Cam Akers. I mean, for me personally, I don't care because, the you know, I'm, playing Cam Akers this week or playing against him, I guess, in fantasy. So yeah. the fact that he got zero points is a very good start to the week. It's good fantasy. for you. Yes. But I was very surprised. Like I figured, okay, maybe Daryl Henderson's just getting the first snap to maybe throw the Buffalo defense off a little bit, and then they'll integrate Cam Akers a little bit later. Cam, I think, had like three rushes for no yards. Yeah, three times zero yards. So – I mean, I don't know if this is LA's sign as far as saying we're probably going to be shopping Cam Akers very soon. Um, but a, cal- a running back the caliber of Cam Akers to only get three touches for no yards is a little bit alarming. Yeah. Well, we've got games that haven't happened yet. We do. We have 15 of them. 15 games to get through here this Sunday. Let's go through them, Matt. Let's do it. We'll start in the 10 a.m. window. Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. This game in Cincinnati, the Bengals fresh off of a Super Bowl appearance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with the defending AFC champs. Uh, 
I think Pittsburgh is still going to be a winning football team this year. I'm not saying playoffs, but they'll be above 500. Mike Tomlin always finds a way. Um, but, man, Joe Burrow and, and Jamari Chase are only going to get better as the years go on. Yep. And you thought they looked scary last year. They bring back Tyler Higby, too. It's gonna, not, not Tyler Higby. Um, T. Higgins, my bad. Yeah, it's going to it's gonna be a nightmare this year. It's it's going to be bad um, yeah. for, for other teams and a lot of other defenses. So um, there's other we- there's other weapons like Matt went, uh, mentioned. There's T. Higgins. There's uh, Joe Mixon. So uh, that team goes pretty deep. And defensively, I think they're one of the most underrated defensive teams last season, if you look at it. They weren't the best, but they definitely weren't the worst. And I think their defense didn't get a whole lot of credit for uh, you know what they accomplished throughout some games. They did lose their starting tight end. I think that was maybe their only big loss of the season or the off season. Uh, but other than that, you know, this is going to be a team once again in contention in the AFC. And um, I got them getting the week one victory here over Pittsburgh. As much as I want to, want Najee Harris to have a big game though. I know you do. And Deontay Johnson. I'm aware. <laughs> um, as much as I want to take Pittsburgh here, the smarter pick here is Cincinnati. I think Pittsburgh, to a degree, does have a ceiling on them. You kind of know what they're capable of. The uncertainty at quarterback, and I get that they've announced Mitchell Trubisky as a starter, to me that feels like one or two bad games, and they're probably going to put Kenny Pickett in. Like The fan base is very anxious to get Kenny Pickett in the game as soon as he possibly can. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be that way. I know. But that's why, I mean, we talked a little bit off air. That's why I'm very hesitant on any passing attack for Pittsburgh because it feels like if something goes wrong, Tomlin's going to feel enough pressure from the fan base to make a swap at quarterback. And the only real sure thing about the Pittsburgh offense is Najee Harris. Like, you know he's going to get the ball quite a bit, whether it's bulk of running ta- or running uh, rushing attempts or deacon dunk two or three yards in front. Yeah. Um, before we go to the next game, I'd say stick with stick with either Trubinsky or move on to Rudolph. Pickett, great talent, not ready this year. He's not ready, and it's not smart to put him in this year unless both those guys tear their God forbid break their legs or tear their ACLs to where they cannot play. Right. Um, then you got to obviously put in Kenny Pickett. I'm not gonna be like, well, sign someone from the practice squad and put it. Like, I'm not gonna. If if those guys are hurt, Kenny Pickett has to play. But. Um, you you should be finding every way possible for Kenny Pickett not to play because again he's a great but he's just not ready. Yeah, you don't want to throw him in and rush him in there. You kind of have to tune all that out if you're the GM and the coaching staff. Like just tune it out and stick to your game plan. Yeah, I mean I believe they named Pickett the backup. I believe he's number two on the depth chart. So he beat out interesting. Rudolph. So I think that's interesting. I don't think he's ready personally, but I'm sure Mike Tomlin knows a lot more than I do. So. Yeah, well, I think there's a lot of pressure naturally just because he's a first-round pick, and typically... Lots of first-round picks don't play, man. You gotta yeah, I mean... Put that away. Right, but the notion usually is from fan bases that, oh, we drafted this guy in the first round. Yeah. We don't really want him sitting a whole lot. And yeah. so, I mean, here I'm going to take Cincinnati, like Joey said. There's plenty more weapons on Cincinnati. Um, they can beat you on the... I mean, their running game's, I think, fairly underrated with Joe Mixon. And we are, everybody knows about Cincinnati's air attack. Um, yeah. I, I think Tomlin's going to keep this respectable, but this is a little bit too much to overcome in week one, especially on the road. So both of us take Cincinnati, New Orleans, and Atlanta. This one will be quick. Saints. Um, yeah. I, I, I think uh, Jameis Winston has a decent year, and um, 
Uh, he's got Jarvis Landry over there too. He's got Michael Thomas. Like their team is not terrible. I don't know if it's good enough to get in the playoffs, but they got a solid team put together. And, and the Falcons are tanking. So yeah, two for two here. I'm taking the Saints as well. Jameis will beat out whoever Atlanta wants to put out there. In fact, they might want to put me out there. Might be their better option. Um, yeah, Saints on the road. No, really no sweat there. Another game that's probably no sweat. The Niners going to Chicago. Another game. Not going to spend too much time on no sweat here. Like Matt said, I'm going to go with the Niners. This might get ugly. Yeah. Nin- right, this, if this was in Santa Clara, it could get a little more uglier. But this could be a 27-3 game. Yeah. It could get that bad. Yeah. I mean, the Niners defensive front is going to have their way with the rather below average Chicago offensive line. Could be a rough day for Justin Fields. Uh, San Fran gets the win. Philly and Detroit. I I want to go with the Lions. I, I want to buy into all the Lions hype after hard knocks. Uh, but Philly's going to be a really good football team this year, and I'm not an idiot. I'll go, I'll go with the Eagles. But this is a much closer game than people think it will be. Yeah. Um, I think Philly's favored by four. It, it could be a four- to six-point game in that neighborhood. I think Detroit does play them close. I know it's going to be a sellout crowd in Detroit. A lot of energy, a lot of hype around this 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 Lions team, but Philly's just too talented to not to not to lose this game. I think so. I'll go like twenty seven, twenty one. I'll go, I'll do a couple score predictions for these games, but just just what I think how how the game will go. Twenty seven, twenty one. Eagles squeak it out. I mean, you got Hurts. Um, even Sanders is still there. You have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, uh, and defensively they're still a pretty good defensive team as well. So uh, th- this Eagles team is right up there with Dallas in terms of winning the NFC East. They can very well do it this year. I think they beat Detroit. They're going to want to get off to a 1-0 start. 4-4 four for four on the slate so far. I'm also taking Philly um, for personal reasons. I hope Devontae Smith plays very well. Um, could be a breakout year for him. He kind of had a decent rookie year. I get he's now splitting uh, touches with A.J. Brown, but I think outside of A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, there's not all that many options to go to in the passing game. And I imagine it'll be a fairly balanced attack for Philly on offense. So probably get those two guys a decent amount of looks along with getting Miles Sanders going in the running game. And I agree with Joey. I think this is a closer game than people think. Detroit's going to have their time. I just don't know if it's week one. Yeah. And especially being at home, a little bit more jitters, opening week. I'll take Philly on the road. Um, so moving on to the next game, Another div- or a divisional matchup. We're back to the divisional matchups. Um, New England travels to South Beach. I, I know there's a, uh, a narrative or a notion or whatever that the Patriots struggle in Miami because the heat and it's beginning of the year. But I like the Patriots in this game. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks with Miami. Like, Especially with two at quarterback, I, I two is a good dude. I want to root for him, but hasn't given me a whole lot to root for. You know, seems like he can't throw the ball past ten yards. A lot of short passes, and I don't think that's going to work against the the Patriots. And I know Mac Jones isn't much different, but Mac Jones has gotten his team to the playoffs. Tua has not accomplished that. Tua has been benched for. Um, cause that's the argument people are going to make. Like, okay, well, Mac Jones isn't that much different. True, but Mac Jones with the receiver room of. What Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar last year got those guys to the playoffs. Their defense helped out a lot, but ultimately Mac Jones drove them down the field a few times uh, and got them some points and put some points up on the board. And um, yeah, I mean, 
and you look at Tua, Tua's been benched multiple times. Tua's been benched for uh, Fitzpatrick. Raider fans remember that game really well. That was one of the most, even though they lost, that was one of the most entertaining Raider games I've ever seen back during the COVID year. Tua was the starter, and they weren't even getting blown out, but they weren't moving the ball, so they benched Tua. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in the game, the Dolphins win the game. Uh, and you look at last year, they almost traded Deshaun for Deshaun Watson. They almost gave up Tua to go out and get Deshaun Watson. So it seems like the Dolphins aren't even confident in, in, in Tua. So I can't really put a whole lot of stock into Tua if the whole te- the team is benching him and trying to trade him. So And again, he hasn't shown a whole lot. So I'm going to go with the Patriots. For, all, for a lot of the reasons Joey threw out, I'm actually going to use, I'm taking Miami in this game. I like Miami's offense more than I like New England's. I, we, I mean, we got to watch New England... Um, their offense kind of up close and personal and they were having fits with the Raiders second string second and third string defense they got reps though I mean Mac I mean, jo- they got some Mac preseason I mean I saw Mac Jones and I went oh this is why Bill doesn't let him throw okay this makes sense now I mean the guy literally threw it straight to a Raider linebacker I don't know if there was a receiver within 10 yards of the guy and so I mean, again, kind of similar to some of these other teams, New England feels very one-dimensional on offense. They're going to run the ball very heavily. New England has been, you know, historically a very bad team in September. Bill Belichick doesn't usually coach his best football earlier in the year. And I think the, for whatever reason, the Miami Heat's probably going to get, not, I mean, no pun intended, but the Heat in Miami is probably going to play a factor, I think, for New England, more so than Miami, because... I mean, it's far more humid there than it would be in New England. Um, it's hotter temperature-wise. And, I mean, if this game is in New England, i probably give the edge to uh, the Patriots. But given that they have to go to Miami, I think we're going to see this early on with a lot of these cold or colder weather type of teams. I think um, maybe Buffalo, I think, has to go to Miami fairly early, fairly early in the year. Could be a closer game than people think. I think it's not necessarily like the Vegas flu, but you could kind of call it the Miami flu in a sense that um, there's aspects outside of the game that make it difficult for these teams to go to Miami to play, especially if it's early on in the year. Um, A lot of it being the weather. I'll take Miami close game though. I think Miami by a field goal Um, divisional game usually are pretty close. Um, Joey's going to England. I'm going Miami. This next game. I hope we're not different on Uh, Baltimore and the jets. Ravens, I'm not even going to waste any breath on this one. Yes. Ravens, pretty straightforward. Jets don't even have Zach Wilson. Probably won't have him until week four. And Joe Flacco is the starter for the Jets. Ravens. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Ravens for sure. Washington and Jacksonville in Washington. This will be a hard game to watch. I'll go with Washington for now. Um, more, More trustworthy team defensively. They got a few more... Despite how bad Carson Wentz is, they got a few more weapons on the, or excuse me, a few more weapons on the offensive end. So, I'll go with, uh, I'll go with the Commanders. Yep, I will take the Commanders as well. Jacksonville is well, Jacksonville. Exactly. Don't need to say much more. Uh, revenge game, Carolina and Cleveland in Carolina. Baker gets his revenge. I like He's it. going to throw for 180 yards and two interceptions and one touchdown. Is he you starting have, in your lineup, by the way? No, I took him out. Okay. As soon as I got Marquise Brown, I took him out. Bye, Baker. You're on the bench. Poor could Baker. earn that. I mean, hey. Poor Baker. He, he could very well earn that job. I mean, his, his competition right now is Matthew Stafford and, and Tua, so he could very well. Well, I mean, after after last night, Baker could very well yeah, earn my, that my, job. My QB room is just fantastic. So, 
That's great. Everyone else is fine. My QB room is an absolute joke. Anyway, um, I'll go with the Panthers. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot with Cleveland. Uh, I like Jacoby Brissett. I don't think it'll be as as bad as people think. Like, Jacoby Brissett did fine, and he didn't even do that bad in Indianapolis, and he did decent in New England, obviously. So, like, the, the Browns' offense won't be that bad, but I don't think Jacoby Brissett's enough, especially in that division, to get you to where you need to be or get you in uh, the playoff contention while you're waiting for uh, Watson to come back, who probably shouldn't be playing football. But anyway, and we talked about that before. Right. So I'm going to go with, um, yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers. Um, DJ Moore, uh, I think Robbie Anderson maybe finally has a, a, a decent year that he's got a, maybe Baker can find Robbie Anderson because Sam Darnold sure as hell couldn't. So This is one of the few games CMC is going to be healthy for. CMC will be healthy. Yeah, I like uh, I like Carolina by a touchdown, 10 points. Yeah, I think I agree. Uh, Carolina is going to win this game. Cleveland, so much uncertainty with them. Um, there's more certainty, I would say, with Carolina and the home team. I'll take Carolina. Um, moving on to, who oh boy, Indianapolis and Houston. Colts. Yeah. I mean. Next. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Colts. That's the pick. That Moving on. Um, that could be another ugly game. Yeah. Especially I mean, how good the Colts are defensively. That could be like 31 to 6 or something like that. Yeah, Houston might not score. I wouldn't put it. Houston past. might not score. I think I have the Colts defense this year, this week. So, oh yeah, you'll, I, get a, you'll get a lot of points. For my sake, I hope they do not score and turn the ball over quite a bit. Um, big game, home game, or at least somewhat of a home game. Raiders and Chargers in SoFi. Home game for the Raiders. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I thought that's what you meant. Yeah, Raiders got two extra home games this year. For those that don't know, they're playing Rams, Rams and in LA, and they're playing the Chargers in LA. So it's very. Very, very great, very kind in the NFL. Thank you, Roger Goodell. Yes. Um, so 10 home games this year for the Raiders. It was a home game for Buffalo last night, for that yeah, matter. LA fans are. And they, they, they the crowd noise, too. Right. SoFi Stadium play, plays the crowd noise. Still. You could hear all night. Yeah. Because um, it's just the same repetitive. Like, it sounded like they were playing it for their own team. <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're playing uh, crowd noise. That's what they do at SoFi Stadium. And I, I'm going to go with the Raiders here. I want to take the Chargers, but... There'll be a lot of energy with this Raiders team. Yep. With with Adams and and Carr and Run like there'll just be a lot of energy. And I think Josh Jacobs has a a lot better game than people think. Yep. I think Jacobs breaks out and Jacobs is gonna have a, a breakout year. People are kind of counting him out in, in fantasy and in and just in football talk in general. They're like, oh, he's in a contract year. Josh McDaniels doesn't want him. They played him in that the Hall of Fame game, which usually the starters never play in. Um I'm like, I think I think he'll have a big year. I think Jacobs will have a pretty big year. So, and I, I think the Raiders have to understand how valuable he is to the team. You, He got him into the playoffs last year. Yep. That last drive, you could say whatever you want. Josh Jacobs running the ball, those last two drives, got the Raiders into the playoffs. Carlson's kick was clutch, but that was all Josh Jacobs. And Josh Jacobs also had a really good game in Cincinnati. Yep. If Jacobs got a few more touches, the Raiders might have won that game. I mean, the less, I mean Derek, Derek Carr was throwing the ball to people's helmets and into... Uh, the lucky fan in, in row six in Cincinnati. Poor, poor so and Josh Jacobs was actually, you know, running the ball and, and, and picking up yards. So I'll go with the Raiders here. The Chargers are a very good football team. The Raiders might lose the one at Allegiant. I don't know if we can sweep the Chargers, but some tells me Sunday they're going to beat the Chargers. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. Well, the running joke we have with Derek Carr is that anybody that purchases tickets in the Winfield Club has to sign a waiver because they'll be in the strike You got to sign a waiver. <laughs> 
They'll be well, in you're gonna catch strike zone. You're going to catch an NFL football. Are you sure you'll be catching it, or will a body part of yours be A body part it? of yours will be catching yeah. it, but <laughs> you will be getting an NFL football right. from your injuries, which you can take as, you know, you can take it and add it to your collection or start a collection, or you could take it and sell it. So, I mean, For about you're getting 25 bucks. Hey. <laughs> Well, maybe sign, get someone to sign it. Get get uh, Derek Carr to sign. There you go. So take it to Pawn Stars. And they'll give you 100 bucks. Rick Harrison will give you $40 for it. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I'm taking all the risk here. I look at this game and everything points to the Chargers. Yeah. I'm going to take the Raiders. And a big reason I'm taking the Raiders, ain't no way in hell I trust Brandon Staley especially with that roster. I mean, we saw it last year in the final regular season game. The Chargers, by all accounts, had the better roster on the field. They didn't have the better head coach, though. And I I mean, I get that people are like, well, he's a young head coach. He can make adjustments. Maybe, but typically as a head coach, once you get to the NFL, you already have tendencies already in place that you've had for years that are very hard to break and probably don't get broken, to be honest. So... Could I see Brandon Staley shoot his team in the foot? Absolutely. Do I think Josh McDaniels is a better head coach than we're all giving him credit for, or at least a lot of people are giving him credit for? I think so. And the fact that a lot of the Raiders starters outside of Josh Jacobs didn't play in the preseason, I know people are like, well, they don't have the chemistry built up. Could have been a strategy thing from from Josh McDaniels. He doesn't want anybody to have film on him until week one, where... Yeah, we're not going to play Carr. We're not going to play Adam. We're not going to play Waller or Renfro. We're going to catch you on surprise in week one. And so hopefully you game plan enough piecing everything together from last year because we're not going to give you any tape in the preseason to build off of. So, I mean, I don't make I don't put a whole lot of stock in the whole chemistry issue thing. I think that'll be just fine. A lot of those guys are back from last year. There's already built-in chemistry with Carr and Devontae Adams. I think this team is going to click a lot faster than people think. It starts starts in week one. Raiders win by a field goal. Raiders by a field goal. Moving on to the next game, Tennessee and the Giants. This is in Nashville. Go with the Titans. Um, Saquon has a pretty big game, I think. I hope so, at least. Saquon versus Derrick Henry. Saquon versus Derrick Henry. Two really good, uh, great running backs going at it, but I'm going to go with uh, the Titans here. Yes, Saquon may or may not be on Joey's fantasy team, possibly. I guess they'll never know. Because they don't have access to my ESPN Fantasy app, and they're not in our league, so correct. they will not know. Only the select few do know. <laughs> uh, but Tennessee, I'm going with as well. Um, again, I mean, the, are the Giants really going to do anything in the passing game? Probably not. I mean, Daniel Jones, he's good for about a buck seventy, maybe a touchdown, and two to three interceptions a game. That's about Daniel Jones for you in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I get there's a lot of concern in the quarterback room for Tennessee but if nothing else Derrick Henry will carry this team to a win against the Giants at home Um, it's probably in the neighborhood of about six to maybe 10 points um, is what I will say Tennessee wins this game by but nothing else I will say Tennessee Titans beat the Giants in week one Green Bay goes to Minnesota for a divisional matchup I'm gonna go with Minnesota Minnesota now this is a semi primetime spot yeah, I mean, I, in, in general, I just think the Vikings are going to be a... I think I had them going 9-8, and 8-9. Eight, eight, yeah. They might be better than that. Could they get to double-digit wins? They could. A lot of people, there's a lot of hype thinking they can win the division. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think they win week one. Green Bay has struggled in week one before, um, especially last year. 
And that game was bad, 38-3. Yeah, to three. Against New Orleans. Yeah, so in Jacksonville, they play the game in Jacksonville, Ooh. too. Um, but anyway, I like um, I like the Vikings here. I think it's a very close game, but I'm going to go I'm gonna go with Minnesota. I'm going to go with the Packers. I think... It's a safer bet. Yeah, I think or Aaron... safer pick. I mean, I just think Aaron has so much to prove this year. He's had a lot to prove over the last handful of years, but it feels like each year he's with Green Bay, he has just a little bit more to prove. I mean, this was a Green Bay team that I believe last year went 13-4 and four and still found their way out of the playoffs in the divisional round against San Francisco. And, I mean, I don't know if anybody should really be surprised. San Francisco seems to end Green Bay season quite a bit. But, I, if anything, I think, you know... Yes, you lose Devontae Adams, but I feel like if you're Aaron Rodgers, that just feels like there's more motivation to, you know, have a bigger game to show like, oh, Devontae wants to leave. I don't need Devontae. I've got, you know, Valdez Scantleg, or I've got a rookie in Romeo Dubs, or um, I have Robert Tunyon in the um, tight end room. Like, it feels like Aaron's probably going to have a pretty big game. If anything, it's going to be a statement game. And I believe Minnesota has a first year, or is it a first year head coach? I'm pretty sure. Um, after they got rid of, um, God, who was the former Minnesota coach last year? Um, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer. Yeah, they got rid of Zimmer. Thankfully. Yeah, that was a smart move. So that might that might be a blessing in disguise for them. Could be. And I think Jefferson Jefferson's just a great talent, and you got Thielen there. They've got so many weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Dalvin Cook running the ball. Dalvin Cook, like they make it makes Kirk Cousins' job a little bit easier as long as he's not playing past five o'clock. Yeah, this playing is past five this, o'clock this is close. They're they're kicking off at about three thirty Minnesota time, so we're getting close. Oh boy, maybe he has a good first half, and then when the second half rolls around, it's <laughs> yeah. like up oh, time. What happened to Kirk? I don't know. It's past five o'clock. Um, yeah, I'll go Green Bay. Green Bay by a field goal. This is a very close game for sure. <laughs> If if the Vikings really want to be good, they just need to beg the NFL. They're like, hey, schedule us 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> Nobody's watching. 4 a.m. on a Tuesday. Christ. Let's limit the fan attendance at our stadium. Oh, my goodness. And the Vikings might just go 17 or no. Could be. I mean, that's a very dangerous team if that happens. Um, final game before we get to the primetime spots. Kansas City goes to Arizona. Uh, I won't spend too much time on this one. I'll go with the Chiefs. Um, I think Cardinals will struggle a little bit without having Hopkins. Marquise Brown will get a lot of those touches, um, but I think the Cardinals will struggle. I think they might be a, you know, a three and three, four and two team, and they could definitely. I mean, they've they've got the talent to start six now. Like they they've done it before. They have a really talented team, but I think without Hopkins, they'll struggle a little bit. And your first game being against Kansas City, uh, it feels like no matter who Mahomes out Mahomes has out there, he's gonna find a way to win. And I think that'll happen again. Yeah, I mean, and I get that the loss to Tyree Kill is very notable, but you look at the Kansas City front or Kansas City, you know, options to go to on offense. Rather, you've got Travis Kelsey still there, one of arguably one of the top tight ends in the league. You've got Clyde Edwards-Helaire, who I think a lot of people kind of maybe sleep on a little bit. Um, he's to me, he feels like an underrated back in the league where he can come out. You can use him in the passing game. He's a decent running option to go to, which they might lean on a little bit more now. They don't have Tyreek Hill. Um, you could see Clyde Edwards-Alaire get some more touches his way. You have guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, really continues to get a bad rap, mainly because he, I think, has more TikTok videos and catches. Not sure if that's true, but it probably is. Um, and then you also have guys like uh, McCole Hartman, like, 
we we see this a lot from Patrick Mahomes, where he kind of finds the unsung hero a lot of times. Where, um, you know, before Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill was kind of battling with Sammy Watkins at one point in time to be that number one option in Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes was able to elevate Tyreek Hill to an, another level. Um, same thing with McCall Hartman. I think before Patrick Mahomes, not a lot of people heard of McCall Hartman, and now they th- they look at McCall Hartman like that could be a d- decent option for Patrick Mahomes to go to. So. I like the options more for Kansas City. I do think that DeAndre Hopkins suspension is going to handicap Arizona a little bit, especially to start, which could honestly lead them to not making the playoffs because we already know what Arizona kind of does in the second half of the year. So if they have a sluggish start, it could get ugly in Arizona. So I'll go Kansas City. Moves us to the primetime spot. A decent Sunday night football game, actually. Tampa Bay goes to Dallas. Go with the Cowboys. Yes. Go with Dallas. Actually, no. I'm I'm going Tampa. Come on, Matt. I'm going to go with the Cowboys. Um, this just feels like one of those games the Cowboys win. They always do it every regular season. They they, they pull off an upset. Cowboy fans go crazy. They're going to go to the Super Bowl. They go 11-6, and six and they, they lose in the wild card. So, or they lose in the divisional. But that's a little too far ahead. We'll talk about only Sunday night. Um, it's just a sneaky game. It's just one of those sneaky games, and I think Dallas pulls it off. And there's a lot going on with Tom Brady. A lot of drama going on with him right now. I don't know what that scenario is, but that might play into his head a little bit. Um, new coach as well for Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles, right? Yeah, I think he's a good coach, but this is his first NFL game. Maybe playing in Dallas with 100,000 fans there on primetime TV. You know, he's going to have a little bit of first game jitters, regardless of what he says and what anyone else around him says. Like, you can't tell me he's not going to be a little bit nervous and he may have a couple screw ups. That's his first, first game. So. I like I like Dallas here. I understand it's Mike McCarthy as their head coach, and I understand that Michael Gallup's hurt, and I understand that Mark Cooper's been traded, but they still have a fairly decent roster. They're a pretty decent defensive team. They still have weapons on the offensive end. You still have CeeDee Lamb. You still have Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, Dalton Schultz, and Dak Prescott as quarterback. Um, I like Cowboys here. I think they pulled off. It's a very close game. They almost beat them last year, week one. I think they can do it again this year. I think it's a very close game. I'll go with Dallas. I've been around them. 27, 23. Is my I mean, I've been around long enough to know that it's got to be a pretty special scenario to bet against Tom Brady in prime time. I'm not doing it this time. I'm taking Tom. I'm taking TB. Taking Tampa. I think the better quarterback probably goes to Tom. I think he's the smarter quarterback of the two between D- Dak and Brady, he, you know, Brady usually puts his receivers in pretty good spots to um, excel. And, I mean, that's a pretty loaded receiving room. I mean, kind of sneaky um, loaded, to be honest. I think you've got Chris Godwin coming back. Um, Julio should be good for this game, right? There's no... Yeah. Okay. I was, I always get him and Calvin Ridley kind of mixed up if, as far as... Because I know Calvin Ridley obviously missing the year. Um, I wasn't quite sure about Julio. But you have Julio there. Um, you've got... Uh, Godwin, you've got, um, I believe, Mike Evans still. So a lot of decent options to go to for Tom. And you have a pretty good running back room in uh, Leonard Fournette. And I believe um, I believe Ronald Jones is still there in Tampa Bay, as to the best of my knowledge. But Yeah, but I don't think he's going to get No, I mean, it'll probably be Leonard Fournette and maybe the occasional Ronald Jones here and there. But yeah. decent enough options to keep the ball moving on the ground if need be. And much like Brandon Staley, I put zero trust in Mike McCarthy and what that guy does. Um, quite frankly, I'm not sure he even has a play sheet in front of him. I'm almost convinced it's 
the local diner's menu that's in front of Mike McCarthy half the time. Um, and I, I mean, even in a first game as a head coach, I think Todd Bowles is a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. Um, he, you know, Todd Bowles had a lot of time to learn under Bruce Arians, who was one of the better head coaches in the league. Um, I like the coaching matchup for Tampa. I like the offensive matchup for Tampa. I think that's a little bit better than what Dallas can bring to the table. And like you said, Dallas lost some key pieces. They don't have Michael Gallup, at least to start the year. They lose Amari Cooper to Cleveland. Um, you know, there's some holes to be filled there. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting to see how this Cowboy offense operates because we've seen this a lot from Dallas where they look very promising on offense. And then somehow, some way, they seem to be very underwhelming. They keep, they tend to underperform what their talent should be at. And so we'll be interested to see that game. It should be a close game. I think Tampa wins this game. Tampa wins by six. I think that's a fairly decent score for Tampa. Monday Night Football. Are you ready? Yep. Denver goes to Seattle for Russ's revenge game. Russ's return to Seattle. I don't know if it'll be a revenge game. I feel like there's still love, you know. Probably. I want a Super Bowl there. Seattle better not boo him. Yeah, I don't think they will. But I'll go with the Broncos. I won't spend too much time here. Um, The Broncos could, if they weren't in the uh, AFC West, they could probably win a lot of other divisions. They're in any other division, they might win just about almost everyone or or be top two at least. So um, I'll go with the Broncos here. And this is another game that could get ugly. It could be like a 31 to 14, 31 17 kind of game. Yeah. So I'd, I'll go I'll go Russell Wilson and the Broncos. Yeah. I mean, I should have labeled this as the Broncos versus the Seasucks. I mean, Seattle's going to be terrible <laughs> this year. Could be the worst team in football, to be honest with you. Um, I, I mean, it's it's a shame because you have guys like DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They just don't have a very competent quarterback throwing to them. And I think we're going to see Jerry Judy really flourish this year with Russ. You know, now, you know, kind of similar to like what Metcalf and Lockett are in this year. In previous years, people, I think a lot of people wanted to put a lot of stock in Jerry Judy, but they realized Drew Locke was the guy throwing to him. So it kind of limited what Judy could really do. Now you have a very good quarterback in Russell Wilson that I think is going to get Jerry Judy a lot of touches. He's probably Judy's probably the number one option in Denver, especially now that Noah Fant went to Seattle. Um, I, I think, I mean, if you want to talk about breakout player of the year, I think Jerry Judy is going to put his name in that hat for sure. Um, he's going to probably turn a lot of heads, and he's going to be um, a guy that I think Denver probably relies on a lot just because, like Denver doesn't strike me as a team that's going to run the ball all that much. They don't really have a fairly elite back to go to, so it feels like they're going to want to make sure, they're going to want to get a lot out of Russ, especially with the investment that they just made in him long term. Right. Um, typically, when you want to pass the ball more, you have a roster like Denver. Jerry Judy tends to just default to your number one guy, especially losing Noah Fant. Um, I like Denver. I think, De- like I said, or like you said, really, uh, Denver. Probably wins this game, probably going away. Um, Seattle will put up a decent amount of points just to keep things relatively interesting, but Denver's going to feel like the better team on the field. They're going to look like the better team on TV. Denver probably wins this game, at least by double digits, but could very well get ugly, depending on how big of a game Russ and uh, Judy have. There you have it. Week one of the NFL. Our, all 32 previews are done. Got every single game of week one previews are done. Um, and we will see you guys on 
Tuesday, and we will recap these games. We'll go over college football. We could very well be talking. I think the most important thing is we could be very well talking about a 2-0 UNLV football team. That would be Tuesday. awesome. That'd be a great way to open the show. That'd be a great way to open the show. I think we may have to build Marcus Arroyo a statue. You heard it outside, here. Outside of Allegiant. I'm telling you right now, Rebels start off 2-0. I want Mark Davis to build a statue right outside of Allegiant of Marcus Arroyo. He's Joey G. <laughs> I'm Matt Rowtree, a.k.a. Stat Matt. You heard it here first on Back and Forth. Enjoy your guys' weekend. Happy football season, and we'll talk to you guys more on Tuesday. <laughs>